Welcome to the Move With Love podcast. I'm your host, Bree Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga. This podcast is a love letter to yoga teachers. It's season two, and we're doing things a little bit different this season because something I've seen in the yoga world is that the same yoga teachers often get seen the most. And well, that's great. There's a lot of yoga teachers out there that don't get to have their voices heard and yet have so much to say and so many important perspectives. And that's what we're highlighting in season two here, talking to everyday yoga teachers that have very specific niches, very unique approaches to teaching yoga so that it can give you, our beautiful listeners, different ways to get inspired about your own teaching, get more confident to stand up as who you are, even if it's a little bit different from what the mainstream yoga world is. I cannot wait to introduce you to our beautiful guests for this season. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Move With Love podcast, and I'm your host, Brie Johnson, and today we are talking to one of our lovely, talented, fabulous, uh, heart and bones certified teachers, Christina Sofidel, and I'm trying, and I, I, I'm laughing because we spent a good couple of minutes, I'm, she's from Norway, she's Norwegian, and I spent a good couple of minutes trying to really say her name in an authentic Norwegian accent and also try to learn how to say, how are you? And it's all really harder than I realized. So Christina Sofida. <laughs> so Christina, Christina, why don't you please say your name in your more authentic, beautiful Norwegian voice? Oh, I can do that. Uh, my name is Christine. Uh, oh, I almost said it in English now. Christina <laughs> uh, Sofida. Sophia, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome here, and we're talking to Christina because she is a yoga teacher. She is from Norway, as we said, and she also really specializes in teaching yoga to larger bodies or to curvy bodies or however we want to describe. And it's a really important niche. And it's a really, and I don't even want to say niche. Niche seems, in this case, kind of not really. It's more like this is a really important awareness because we are going to have people of all bodies and all abilities in our classes. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how do we create more accessible classes to all bodies. And Christine has some really beautiful insights and opportunities to share with us. So let's get started, Christine. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why this is important to you? Oh, um, I think it all started with my own yoga journey. Um, I started, the first time I did yoga was in 2005, I think. Um, uh, I have uh, some illnesses in my body that uh, makes uh, some exercises more difficult. And I came to yoga with a kind of negative idea of how, it, how moving my body is. And then I found yoga and I remember walking out of the classrooms going, oh my God, that was awesome. I can actually do this. And I've always been large, but my body didn't matter how it looked when I was in yoga because it can actually move freely. And that was the first time I actually experienced not having a heavy body uh, while moving my body. And then after 
uh, that first uh, meeting, it took some time before I managed to kind of find yoga again. But the same experience was there. And I loved it. It was an off button for my brain. But nobody looks like me, at least not in Norway. And I found inspiration on Instagram or on Pinterest of other larger bodies doing yoga. And I was thinking, oh my God, it is for everyone. And I managed to find their ways to adapt the poses to better fit me, uh, which is kind of, I've had great teachers, really nice people, but they are living in a different body than me. And I think it's hard to kind of come, try to help bodies that not, that's not like yours. Uh, so it's kind of like, I often felt like, oh, let's not just, we just kind of skip around and don't kind of talk about the elephant in the room, no pun intended, but it's kind of the feeling that, you know, you're not invisible and you, you can see that you struggle, but it's kind of, people are afraid to kind of insult you or don't know how to help you. Um, so finding that, and being able to adapt. And people are like, oh my God, you're so good at yoga. I just see you over there doing your own thing. I'm like, yeah, because I don't have a choice. <laughs> so I wanna share that. Like, how can you meet other people? Like, how can you meet bodies that's not like yours? Because all I need is space. Space in my body to move freely, uh, lift the floor higher. It's not, it's not, that many changes that needs to happen to be able to move more freely. But yeah, it seems to be something that's, I think that just, we need to use props. <laughs> that's like, use more props. As a yoga teacher, always use props because <laughs> that makes your students use props and makes yoga easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you mean by lift the floor higher. It's just use yeah. props to bring the floor to you rather than you trying to get hands to the floor or head to the knees or whatever these these so-called so goals are. Oh, please don't say head to the knees. <laughs> like my body would never be able to do that. <laughs> it's like it stops in itself. And then it kind of just, I can see the direction but I will never be able to get there because my body stops within itself. But I understand, and it's not like a bad cue, just it's not obtainable yeah. kind of thing. And it's not attainable for a lot of people. And I think there's this, what I'm hearing from you, and I think is what is also really prevalent in the yoga world is these assumptions. I think there's a lot of unconscious assumptions that whether it's in teachers and from teachers slash in the yoga world and popular yoga media, when we see the prevalent images of a yoga teacher being not in a larger body slash doing extreme movements, it brings these unconscious assumptions, then those are the goals. And if you can't get to those goals, then you are not going to be a good enough yogi. <laughs> yes, but I think it also scares a lot of people away. Because if I hadn't experienced yoga and what it did for me, both mentally and physically, and seeing what, what's now on Instagram, I'd be like, um, no, yoga's not for me. 
And I just, I wish that more people would show everyday yoga, if I can call it that. That's not these fancy poses that's taken so much time to be able to manage. Or if you're lucky, your body moves that way. And I would like to put luck in, like, I don't know what they're called. Quotations. Yes, quotations. Um, because if you're that flexible, should you do it? I'm not so sure. Mm -hmm. I would actually say no. Yeah. 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 Does the, does the flexible body need more flexibility? And we're, and we're talking like the really flexible body where it's super easy to get into these quote, 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 advanced poses, but really the advanced poses, yeah, are very contortion-y. And so if you can easily get into that, odds are most people would really benefit from good strength and mobility around the joints and some stiffening up of the joints. Yeah. yeah. And so I love hearing your experience too, of your early days and seeing that, I think you raised some really beautiful points that I'm sure a lot of people listening would resonate with in their own experience and in their own bodies of feeling kind of invisible in a yoga class, even though you're so there. And that's a really powerful insight and reminder for anybody who's listening, who's a teacher, who are the ones who are kind of invisible, but not. And it generally is the people that don't fit into that common, popular yoga dominant image in a lot of ways, body size, skin color, whatever it might be. And it's huge as a teacher. And so you, I find it interesting that you then had to sort of teach yourself and make adaptations for yourself, for your own body. What, and I know that's something that might not be super easy for other people or for the average person who might just not have that, those tools. So what made you feel comfortable or confident to make those adaptations? Or was it simply you just, you had to because you wanted to continue to practice in a way that worked for you. Um, I think it might be a little bit of everything because uh, the effects that I got from yoga, like um, I live in my brain. So my body is the first thing that I kind of run away from. But with yoga, I, I actually can, I'm actually able to move back into my body. I can leave my brain. And I can actually feel how I'm actually feeling. How am I doing? Am I okay? Am I not okay? Um, and some days I cry. Some days I lie in Shavasana and kind of shaking, thinking, oh, okay, so I'm not that great these days. <laughs> okay, so there's something here. Um, so before yoga, it will only be like push, 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 push. So it kind of, that experience made me want to do yoga. And then I did the kind of vinyasa yoga thinking, I can't do this. First of all, it's too fast and I can't step my body that way. So when I was able to kind of step and kind of move my body to the front of the mat again, I had to kind of rush for the next three breaths to kind of get back to where everyone else was. And then that feeling about coming in that uh, my body's not right there's something wrong, I can't do this. Instead of being able to move into my body, I move back up to my brain. And then negative talk kind of goes back into a loop. And then when finding 
ways to kind of move my body in a way that creates more space, that makes me flow more freely, I manage to move back into my body. Uh, so it's the experience of a good experience versus and also having not so good experiences and then finding ways to come back to the good experience. And that this these small changes that's kind of, I always bring like four blocks because sometimes my body is different and then two blocks on top of each other. So I don't have to put them on a high because high is more probably feels scary. I don't want to break my wrists or anything. Just that makes it so much easier to kind of just step in front of the mat, step back, step back up. And then it's like, oh, I don't have to go and rush back to kind of stress to find where we are in class. I can move with more mindfulness and presence, which is so nice, which is why I love yoga, to be able to stay in my body and stay within the just kind of just shut off the brain for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful. And then when you started teaching, how did that, how did all of this previous experience inform you in your teaching? Oh, um, when I first started teaching, I, uh, the first thing I did was teach a beginner class and I loved it. There was people of all bodies, uh, some small, some larger, and just being able to kind of give everyone what they needed. It's like, oh, okay, I can see that. Let's raise the floor for you. Um, or just make wider steps or kind of seeing different bodies and what they needed. That it's not, I don't know how I know. I just kind of just, it feels natural to give different options for different people. Um, which is something maybe I missed in my early yoga classes. The option of having not the one that goes, let's show this full pose. And then, oh, if you can't do this, then you can do this. It's like, oh, I, I don't like that. So just kind of myself being mindful of how do you show what you want to teach? Do you teach the kind of, again, in quotation marks, the full pose? Or do you, can you kind of teach, um, I like to teach in like a bus stop method. Like you stop here, Fine, if you want more challenge, you can stop here. Oh, you want even more challenge, your body's there. Okay, let's go further. But don't kind of show the last bus stop first because then your students kind of feel like that's what they need to do because I think that's how we are as human. So that by showing um, quotation easier poses first, that kind of, it's more accessible for everyone. And then you can add on so people can choose their own adventure, as you say. Like, where do you, where do you feel your body is today? And I think that's one of the like, foundation blocks in how I teach is let's bring everyone along. And then you can choose if you want to kind of expand on the poses. Not sure if that's the right word, but you can build on where you are. Mm -hmm. And what result did that, like by offering that more spaciousness in a class or that freedom to tune in 
and listen to one's body, how does that show up when the people in your classes? Oh, uh, that's the thing I like. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like when people cry. It might sound horrible, but that means that I've been able to create a safe space that you can actually feel how you are doing. Like there's room for you to be exactly who you are at the exact time that you are here, that I can hold space for the people that's coming to my classes. Um, and obviously I like laughter and I can see that we can push the boundaries of where it's comfortable and where can we kind of move a little bit, push on the com uh, comfortable boundaries. Um, but also that I can see that people can move their bodies and I can see that the movements are, um, it feels good because you can tell on the faces. Because if it's a struggle, you can tell that they're kind of stopping. They're, they get this like, frown in their face. I don't know what's that called. Like when you pull your eyebrows Brown. together. Yeah. 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 That is not that easy. Or they have to stop and look and see how to do that. And you can see that the movements are really stopping. And then by giving options, these things don't occur as much because they can choose. And I always try to show first so that they can try and then they can choose their own. So I don't like to flow in one breath to another because it's easier to kind of, I call them slow flows so that we can spend time on each pose and kind of finding our own and staying there and being able to connect in the body where you are before we flow again to the next pose. Um, so options is kind of just seeing the people move and you can hear laughter. Like I, I, I suck a right and left. There's no other word for that. And then, hey, yeah, you can laugh at me. <laughs> That's okay. And then there's laughter. And I think if people are not comfortable in the way they move, there won't be any laughter because there will be too much in their brain and being frustrated that this isn't for them. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that answered your question. It does. And I love the the perspective of like, well said of if there is not laughter, not that, you know, these need to be comedy show classes or anything no, like no. that, but <laughs> if that sense of, but I think when we bring serious, like two, I'm pausing a little bit because I think I don't, I don't want to, because for me as a teacher, I'm very similar to, there's a lot of giggles and laughters in my laughter, in my classes. So, and that's, I think a certain style and I don't want to take away or say that a serious class is not a bad thing too. But I think what you're saying was so important was when there's those little moments of levity, of laughter, of going, all oh, right, ah, we're all human. And it does, it shows that people are, that you've done a good job as a teacher offering that spaciousness and permission. Because I think you're right, as a flip side, that can be so common when we go to certain yoga classes where it is the environment you walk in, and it's very serious and this is your yeah. and that might be great for some people but it, it you know i keep coming back to one of my favorite quotes and i've said it time and time again Brene brown the opposite of fitting in or wait what is it <laughs> fitting fitting in is the opposite of belonging and i think what you're teaching and showing us here especially and you use and let's keep using this laughter uh perspective 
when we're trying to fit into something, we're not being ourselves. So we can go to a yoga class. And if the teacher also creates that space of everybody has to fit in, everybody has to go at the end of the bus stop to use your analogy, right? Everybody has to go here, here, here. And we're not allowed to be ourselves, but teachers can do the belonging. How do we teach classes where it's okay to show up as yourself? It's okay for me as the teacher to not be able to do everything, to also get the right and lefts mixed up. Hi, I'm raising my hand over here 20 years later and it's still <laughs> right and left. <laughs> but then it shows the humanness. And then when we're human, we're better teachers because then that gives everybody in your class permission. And then, then we're doing yoga. We're not just yeah. doing movements. And so anyway, so I love, you kind of inspired me on that, that laughter example. Because really, again, ultimately, how do we create because I love, like, I think the word, word accessible yoga sometimes gets lumped into a different perspective of accessible equals this class is going to be really slow or this really, this class is going to be adapted. And sometimes they are, and that's important. But I think also accessible yoga means acceptable yoga. How do we come in and be accepted? So you as a teacher in a larger body, I think is inherent, that's inherently disruptive to the yoga paradigm. And that in of itself is where the magic and the change happens. When you walk into that class as you, in who you are and as you are, holy moly, it's like, it's exciting to me. And I love that. So talk more about that. Cause I know sometimes on social media, like it's hard to put and that's a whole nother conversation. I know how do we post and getting the confidence and imposter syndrome and all the things with social media, but for yourself, what's your experience with stepping into the role of a teacher and being you, uh, all of you in all the ways. Oh, um, as a teacher, I've had uh, both good and bad experiences. I have to start with that. I think, uh, because I, when I can teach in a way that feels truly me, where I can use props, where we can kind of, because it's not like huge uh, ways to adapt the poses that's necessary. Uh, most of the times it's a small, small changes that makes it easier and more accessible in a kind of flow way that makes, oh, you can move your body. And I, when I can think about how I want to teach, it's just, oh, it feels good <laughs> in the body. And I kind of just lack words of it, but I also been the teacher that because my body looks different, um, because I'm I'm a quite large girl, um, I don't fit into the yoga world. Like not here, because I don't know anyone else that looks like me in Norway. And if anyone else does, please, please let me know who they are, because I would love to have like a community with that as well. And it's a lonely journey where you kind of uh, don't fit in, but you want to fit in. Oh, I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. and then by trying to fit in, you don't fit in because it doesn't feel authentic to who you are. And then I have had um, um, places where I teach where we don't really have any props. So I can't teach in a way that feels authentic to me. That's kind of the foundation of who I am and who I am as a teacher um, and that feels difficult and kind of staying in the teacher role just kind of eats on me 
it doesn't make me doesn't give me energy it doesn't kind of feed my soul if I can say it like that because then suddenly it's just a job that's kind of heavy to carry but I love working with people so when I can use props and teach in a way that is so close to my heart where I can see that people move more easily and they can like oh when you just did that that felt really nice and you can see their bodies relaxing or you can see they kind of um, stepping into their bodies with power and you can see that they kind of walk a little bit taller or have more confidence or they just come and they just need to sit and breathe and that there's space for that then I I can teach forever I think that that gives me energy and feel, fuels me as hopefully as much as my students um, so yeah I think it's just important there's been some tough lessons as a teacher along the way that have to be careful not to just say yes, even if you're a new teacher, mm. just stay true to your heart. It's difficult. And I wish that I felt that there were more acceptance for who I am and how I look, because it's not easy kind of getting a foothold in the yoga world, I must say, it's actually quite difficult. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the, I just wanna teach yoga. I mm. wanna make people feel better. That's kinda, yeah. As simple that as feels, that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's not, as you just also very beautifully explained your own experience. It's, it's not as simple as that. And your, teaching like this and when I say like this when you're teaching as you and offering a different paradigm and different approach to yoga you're trailblazing and it's hard and in our teacher training we talk a lot about leadership and leadership sometimes is a, a, a tricky conversation because it feels hard to feel like a leader like what do you mean I'm not a leader a leader is this this and this and that's not me but what you're saying Christine and I'm reflecting this back also for everybody listening the leadership is doing something different. And that something different is also in line and resonant and authentic to you. And the more you are there and the more you show up comfortably uncomfortable, <laughs> right? It's not easy. It's, but there's the leadership. And then that paves the way for other people. And and I and I think I say this and I and I and I'm recognizing, of course you know this, but it's easy to forget. Do you find that sometimes that yeah it is easy to forget like I think I just for I can only speak for myself but I get so wrapped up in my brain in my head that I forget how feeling good actually feels in my body and that's when I've been pushing past what feels good and feels right for me uh, that kind of my body goes hmm this isn't good and then my, I my body aches and then I have to kind of move out of my head and into my body's going, oh, this is why, because I'm not aligned with who I want to be and who I'm actually feel like I am. And then having to reset and having to reset and having to reset. And I think that's going to be like a lifetime journey because we are always evolving and changing and we learn something new. And by learning something new, you go like, 
I think we always have these periods of thinking that what I've done suddenly don't feel aligned anymore. And then we have to kind of tread some water and change. And then there's a, this process again. And then you fall back into old habits and then, oh, no, that's not comfortable anymore. And then you have to go kind of tread the water again and then you kind of stay there and then this new changes. But I, I think that's such a part of life that what yoga has taught me is like, how can I be present in these moments in a nicer way to myself? Like, how can I be more accepting of who I am as a person, not just of my body, because yoga taught me how to accept how I look, that I'm okay how I am. I have good days and I have bad days, but my body's awesome. <laughs> it can do so much. And it's just that we keep forgetting that when we have to move in a way that's not right for us or doesn't feel comfortable, or we have to stay in situations that's not comfortable for us, that we keep pushing these boundaries that kind of drag us down. We forget how good we actually are. And I just, I think my mission in life is to make people remember how good really feels. Like, how can you feel good where you are? That doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. You are allowed to feel like you want to be somewhere else. But I don't think we can move anywhere in life if we are disrespectful to ourselves, if we are negative, if we hate on ourselves, um, change with as a punishment. I don't think that's that's that won't create a good change. I don't think you'll be any happier weighing 50 pounds less if you've gone there as a punishment towards yourself. That's not what creates happiness. So how can we be happy where we are so that we can move forward with love? That's just how can we be nicer to ourselves? And I think that for me, it's easier to be nice and accepting and having self-love when I move in a way that feels so much better in my body, where I can accept that okay, my body makes it difficult for me to put my hands on the floor. I have like a big body and I have short arms. So it's kind of double trouble there. So the floor would always be far away, but that doesn't mean I can't move well. And it's just finding the right way to move. How can you move that feels good for you? And that will look different from me and from maybe another yoga teacher. So how can we as yoga teachers help people find their way because it's not up to us to tell tell them what's the right way to move but we can give them options we can give them guidance and then they can choose yes or no or yeah maybe have to live with that a little bit and then yeah that feels good and then you do that for a while and then you keep changing and your body changes and that's like that doesn't feel right anymore so how can we provide new options i think that's so important to look that it's not up to us we don't have the answers, but we can give the tools. Yes, all of that, all of that. And then all of that is so important and huge and beautiful. And what I hear in a lot of what you're saying is when you are doing yoga and not when we're doing 
cultural popular paradigm yoga, right? But when you're doing yoga, the real practice of it, which also sometimes involves moving the body, or we use the body and the movements, the poses to do the yoga, which is looking within, loving, learning, growing, and accepting ourselves. It's like what I'm hearing you say is that it's really melts the external image away, that cultural program. I often like to think of it as it's not you, it's the yoga industry. So when we have these doubts and fears of, wait, I don't fit in, I'm not doing yoga, I have to try to fit in, I gotta da 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 da. We've internalized what an external story, let's call it the yoga industry here, has told us what yoga should be, but I love what you're saying and how you just beautifully articulated. Well, when I when I move with love, when I tune into my body, all of that gets quiet. And as we as teachers, how can we help foster those environments for the people in our class so that they can get quiet and listen to that wisdom? Like yeah. and then there, and then we're teaching yoga. We're not just teaching yoga asana. That we're teaching yoga. And I think there's a, I don't know how to kind of put that into words, but I love when I'm a student in class and the teacher says something that makes you think or that you can reflect upon. Um, I had one of my early yoga teachers in a class saying that, um, why would you stay in something that's not comfortable when you can be comfortable, when you can change? It's an asana, it's a relationship, it's like your job why do we stay with something that doesn't feel good to us and so many times I take myself I do that all the time why do I stay and why do I kind of keep doing things that's not right for me because that feels uncomfortable but I think that when we are not in line with our bodies we don't notice because our, my, our minds don't work the same way as our bodies. So maybe you kind of, if you get a job offer and your tummy starts to ache, and you're thinking, oh, no. And then you still accept. I know it's hard sometimes to say no, but I think more of us needs to listen and then listen to our bodies in the small way. Sometimes we have to say yes to that job because we don't have a choice. But sometimes there's small choices every day that we kind of just push through those intuitions, that body kind of telling us the yes or no. And I just, when we, when we move with love and feel good in our bodies, it's easier to kind of connect with what feels right for us, that we don't have to listen to the society anymore, that we can find our inner voice and dare to trust it and dare to listen to it because that can be quite difficult especially if you've not really listened to it before it's like can i say can i make those choices just for me and i think as a mom i so want to teach my kids that listen to that voice make choices that feel good for you and one of the things i always said is that to be able to do that I have to do that for myself first. I have to learn what that looks like because I can't teach away something I have no experience with at all. So there's 
so many things in this yoga journey that kind of changes me. And um, yeah, I'm not the same as when I started and that's so exciting and also really difficult. But oh, those changes. This has been so beautiful, Christina, and I'm so happy to have had you here sharing your experience. And I really think it's going to help inspire others in all ways and in all bodies, because the more we show up as we are, regardless of what the yoga industrial complex (laughs) says we should be, we disrupt that each one of us. And so you're a beautiful example of that. And then, and really too, I, I think it's so important hearing people's stories. So thank you so much for sharing from your heart and sharing your story as a practitioner and then as a teacher. And I'm very happy to have you part of our beautiful HMB community too of teachers. So that's my own personal so bias. So thank you, Christine. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and for letting me share my story. And uh, I am very proud to be a part of Heart and Bones. Mm. It's uh, it was life changing. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And let's talk about where people can find you, of course. So Christina is going to be also sharing some this year in our teacher training, uh, the online training, she's going to be sharing some more tools and practices and conversations around teaching with larger bodies, because we have, we love highlighting and showcasing the beautiful humans in our course and how, what they can offer others. So you'll find her in that, but you'll also find her at Formful Yoga. And is there any space in that or is it? Uh, It just depends on if you're on Instagram, then it's on Instagram. Okay. So under slash yoga. Okay. Well say that one more time in on Instagram. Uh, uh, fun food uh, and then this is underline yoga uh, on instagram perfect so it's f-u-l-l-f-o-r-m underline and yoga good we'll have it written in the show notes too to find you and do you have a website that you'd like people to go to uh, it's a fun food yoga at uh, no it's not at it's fun no <laughs> Perfect. And again, we'll link to that. And thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. You can share this, do all the usual stuff because these kind of conversations I feel are very important for the yoga world. So thanks for tuning in everyone. Talk about moving with love. And if you'd love to move with love with us in our global community of yoga teachers, join us for our fourth online heart and bones modern yoga teacher training course it's a combination of 200 and 300 hours so we welcome brand new teachers and we welcome experienced teachers because what we teach in this teacher training is so big it's so beautiful applied anatomy for yoga and a lot of this heart work of disrupting dominant yoga paradigms looking at the history the decolonization of yoga and really to gaining confidence. There's so much. Go check it out at heartandbonesyoga.com slash courses. And we'd love to have you join us for this next round of the teacher training. And you can be part of our beautiful community. The training happens in October, 2021.